Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo, brought to you by Illinx. My name is Ross Levine, and today we have a very, very special guest, Coffin Nachtmar. Of Oh Yes Yo, he is an incredible yo-yoer who is a staple of the Baltimore yo-yo scene and also of the broader yo-yo scene as a whole. Uh, he is the creator of some incredible yo-yos that you've probably used before, such as the Nightingale, uh, the Eclipse, many, many others. He's also an amazing artist. Uh, he has painted a lot of yo-yos and just art pieces in general. He's actually in the process of creating the Kill Your Yo-Yo uh, logo as we speak. So he is just an incredible uh, yo-yoer with an amazing sense of style, both in his yo-yoing and in his fashion. Uh, if you've ever seen him, he is so distinctive as a person, and it was really an honor to get to talk to him and pick his brain about how he thinks about yo-yoing and uh, where his style developed from and uh, also how he creates communities. That's one thing that he does beyond just designing yo-yos. He thinks of designing yo-yos as – he thinks of designing his community as a part of designing his brand and his yo-yos and his company as a whole. So it's a very holistic approach to brand building that if you're a yo-yo creator, I think is very important to hear. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the one and only Coffin Nachtmar. Coffin! How's it going? All is well, all is well. All is well, that's what we like to hear. And all's well with um with with Gray and your mom and all that. Uh, I'll get that sorted out of you when I do. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, Coffin requested to move this to an hour later because oh, some with some with his his little his little his little kiddo. Um, but he is here with us now with the yo-yo in hand. Where are you throwing? Um, he should be out soon. It's the OESEO P51, and the P is for fucking performer. It's sick, bro. It's huge. It's lightweight, but I think people are going to love it, honestly. That's excellent. I, I can't wait to try it myself. Uh, yeah, um, I should have them within, like, a week or so, but I put them in production almost two years ago. And when I say that everything that could have gone wrong over COVID, um, it all did. It, it all went <laughs> as bad as possible. Just, just everything. <laughs> That's so, not good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're catching back up. Um, things will be back in like uh, averagely paced um, uh, release schedule. So, I don't know. But, uh, what's my average? Like two products a year? I think I'll get around to like three and then I'll probably slow down again. It depends on how much time I decide to dedicate to, to the art and stuff because that's like a large portion of my time honestly that's all good we know with you it's all it's all about the quality it doesn't matter yeah. The quantity. yeah like that's my thing i i truly hate to rush um like 
any process if if I know that I can like take a little more time and far better. So that's kind of my thing. I definitely agree with that, and I'm sure that we'll see that throughout this interview. Um, which for anybody who doesn't know, let me just toss them out for the anybody who's new. This is a uh, a podcast slash uh, live video show slash also like essay blog called Kill Your Yo-Yo. It's a project I've been working on for a while now. And um, we interview just the, the best yo-yoers in the community. Um, and we talk about rather than like tricks and competition, we talk yo-yo theory and, and concepts. And, um, you know, instead of teaching you how to do a better suicide and how to do the most techie, complicated combo. It's how do you become a better yo-yoer? What's the stuff that the best people do and how do they think? Um, and, and that's what this is all about. So uh, real quick introduction. Coffin, how long, how, first of all, what's your backstory? Let's go there. What's your, uh, what's your yo-yo backstory? Um, interesting. Uh... What would I say in my backstory? Um, I started yo-yoing at the the end of high school. Yeah, like the end of high school. Um, Duncan Freehand Two was my jam. Nice. Um, that was like the first like. Uh, 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 modern throw I ever owned and I pretty much played those exclusively for like a year or two honestly um, I would just go to Toys R Us every time I had $20 and get every single color um, and then they did like the freak hand which was like the ones that had like the art pogs that was all of like the creepy characters uh-huh. um I had all of those, and then uh, the Metal Drifter, I had in every color. Um, so, yeah, I started in 5A, actually, which oh. has probably shaped my, uh, you won't, uh, 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 like, my throw style, like, greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming from that, like, freehand background first, and then starting to learn um, the one A stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was whenever freehand twos were hot. That's when I got in. So that's, uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like I was playing freehand twos like 2009 to like 2010, and then I wasn't playing for like a year. Broke all my strings, um, and I didn't know you know that you could just buy strings online because I didn't socialize. Yeah. <laughs> um, and That's then when I found out, like buy yeah. strings online and whatnot, I was like, oh, dude, like, uh, uh, like this is cool. So then uh, that's when I found um, uh, you, uh, uh, you, you, you're an expert, but I think. The next throw I got after um a- after like all the early Duncan stuff that I was jamming was uh, a grind machine. 
the plastic one. Mm -hmm. I got a black green one. And I still think hub stacks are the greatest thing in the world, even if they're a gimmick. I think the concept is just beautiful, and it's all about the execution of an idea. <laughs> they definitely executed on that idea. Yeah, they, like, like I, I feel when, like they're so underexplored too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've always been huge into like grinds and stalls and like contact juggling type tricks. Yes. When I got um, the Yo-Yo Factory Superstar, uh -huh. I feel like I got so much better at everything that I was trying. Um, just because the superstar helped me explore things I couldn't do on like the grind machine. Yeah. Um, and I had like the power to push through certain combos or if I was doing like, like grind, like hand transfers, and then I wanted to like wrap it over for whatever your reason, I could like grab the T stacks and do like, you know, like crazy shit like that, you know? So having the right tool to be able to explore that that zone of play was crazy. And that's something that I think is interesting there of having the right tool that um, how a yo-yo, how it's designed, what features it has influences the play style that it allows you to do, which obviously Hubstacks is one example, but that can go to any part of yo-yo design. Absolutely. Um, which I also, we're definitely going to hit on that. Um, you are obviously a yo-yo designer and have been for a long time. Um, I, do wanna, I do wanna just come through your backstory a little bit more before we hit on that yo-yo design, but we will talk about this. So, and I'm gonna keep that as bait for people who are on. Stick around, because we're going to be hitting so many good parts right here. Um, so, uh, having the right tool for the job. Um, so, so you start after middle school, or sorry, after high school. Uh, you're you're rocking five A. Who is starting to inspire you around that time? Um, what what are the, the the like people styles that you try to emulate? Um, at the time, the only visuals I had was um, like the Brett Uchkunis, like uh, the DVD um, that I had found at like a smaller toy shop and uh, the uh, the mini disc that came in the back of the freehand two packaging. So that was like Spencer Berry, Steve Brown, um, Hironori Me. Uh, Jack Ringa, you know, like, you dudes like that. So, like, um, Takeshi uh, Kimasato. Uh -huh. So, that was, like, the bulk of my experience there. And then, um, when the when I found out about the grind machine and I went um, to YouTube to, mm -hmm. like, an, uh, like an idea about the grind machine I saw like the promo for that with Paul Hahn and uh, and uh, Augie Fash yes uh, and I've been a 
fan of them both for pretty much as long as I've been throwing, like, consistently. Um, Paul Hahn particularly, just because I felt like Bomb Squad really embodied what I was already doing with all of my friends, which was just hanging out, doing her rad shit, skateboarding, you know, you yo-yoing. It was like, yeah, that's my life, but like on the West Coast. And so I just thought that um, it was nice to know that like that, that particular subculture clash, like all came together for like, uh, uh, for, for other people. Yeah. And I think being able to, to, to see that and relate it to myself, um, you know, it's, 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 it's so really nice to have that. Definitely. So sort of, it was almost like you were inspired by the tricks, but also the community, which I, yeah, it was always, it was always the, um, when it came to Augie, it was definitely about the tricks. Yeah. And when it came to like bomb squad and stuff like that, it was certainly about the communal aspect because when I had, started out i was essentially like getting all of these these uh freehand twos mm -hmm. and, and i i met someone who thought what i was doing um, was cool i, I would just give, give them the yo-yo and my contact information and just be like yo come hang out mm -hmm. you know I didn't really like have like people that I was like social with. So it was like through this and skateboarding it was like, those like the only connections to people that I ever like uh, held on to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the brand kind of came from, came from that. Uh, yeah. Which every time, like when I think about Yesio, I almost don't even think of your yo-yos. It, it is, it yeah. is the team and the community and uh, like, yeah, it's like style. It's like a lifestyle almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've always agreed with that. Like the, the, the people come first for me and the product is entirely secondary. Um, yeah, the, the product is always like in the background. It's yeah. there, but like, it's the people, <laughs> yeah. it's the people for me. Absolutely. Almost a, a perfect example of that I, I saw your, uh, Indiegogo campaign for the, oh yes, yo hearse, um, right. which for those of you who don't know, I mean, you can explain it actually, the, just the backstory. So the. The hearse tour was this entire plan that I had uh, to get this hearse um, that ended up not getting sold to me um, for reasons unknown, but I was just going to get the hearse, pack it up, 
full of toys and really just travel to meet all the like Facebook friends and shit that I had met through like the community because I had the free time. Um, all, 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 all the product had sold. So like I had the money and I was just going to visit people and drop off their yo-yos and, you know, just hang out and really like get to expand the community um, in like, the most hands-on way that I possibly could. Um, uh, one of my f- favorite things about Ken did, uh, about the Kendama community is like how hands-on and like grassroots it's always been. Yes. Um, even in how big it is, mm-hmm. I feel like the community holds on to the idea that it doesn't grow from sales. Like it, it grows from human to human experience. Yeah. Um, and I, I hold on to that shit because I think it's truly the most important thing, especially in these like, like weird subcultures or like just places that attract people who are already veering on the fringe of like whatever their their social circle is Mm -hmm. because in the yo-yo world like almost everyone's like a wee bit weird you know and so it's it's like hey you're not the odd person out here and that that's enough to keep people here (laughs) yes um I think just all the the skill toy, also like theater communities, often tends to attract like sort of the not outcasts, but you know people who are a little bit different. Um, and I, I think it's a, a good place to find a community. I, I especially remember in your um, in your National Geographic interview. Um, and by the way, for those of you who don't know. Coffin was interviewed by National Geographic, and you should go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's a really good little documentary. Um, but in that, you mentioned that, like, when you were getting into yo-yoing, you, uh, you, you didn't have too many, like, it was hard for you to make friends because you have a stutter, and people were just, like, looking at you like this weird kid. I know, I mean, I in school, I had a very similar situation, and, like, magic and yo-yoing and juggling always attracted me because it was something that I could do to like, you know, express myself and, and do and have some value to in people's eyes. Um, it, do you have anything to say on, on that? Um, oh, like, like, uh, I feel like, um, for me, that thing in particular started with skateboarding. Yeah. Like, I remember as a kid being on, like, team sports, you know, play basketball, play, play football, soccer, like, any of that stuff. Yeah. And there's something weird t- t- to me about, about being – in like a team activity, but not really feeling like you're involved. Yeah. And when 
when I was like six or seven, I remember my dad giving me his skateboard and that just being like a door that like unlocked for me. It was something about being able to do that by myself. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the same thing to me with like being able to build with like uh, 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 your Legos or something like that or early robotics. There's just something about being able to do something uh-huh. so by yourself, but also being able to share that with uh, with other people yeah. who do that is, I don't know, it's just a really powerful thing, you know? That's so that's a, a good point is that um I, I'm sure a lot of yo-yoers would agree. We we've all probably or uh, I, I would assume that a lot of yo-yoers have tried team sports when this is kind of like not for me. Cause I know I was always like the worst on the soccer team. And so I stopped playing soccer and I was like, the worst on the baseball team. So I didn't like, play baseball. So I was pretty good at sports. I just really? didn't enjoy them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, like, I, I didn't enjoy them. I didn't feel like I was connected to any of the people that I had to work with towards a common goal. Yeah. So it didn't make sense for me to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, this isn't fun for me on any level. <laughs> um, so I just want to go home or, like, just be left alone. And that's what's so interesting. I think uh, with with yo-yoing, it's like so much of the yo-yo community happens sitting with earphones on. Like I, when, when I think about this, I think of Luna in her room with a camera with uh, ear, earphones on. making. 100%. And that's so much of the yo-yo community is just people alone in the room. But then you can get together and take what you learned and share it. It's almost like like a bunch of adventurers who go out and explore different countries and then come back to their lodge and talk about all their stories. Like, that's kind of what it's like to me of like, you go out, you find stuff, you make discoveries and then you come back together. And, uh, and it's, it's not like other sports in that way. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, yeah. There. It's, uh, it's, it's extremely specific. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of the things where it's like you could do it by yourself. Yeah. And like the um, who was it I had this conversation with a long time ago? Maybe it was Mark Mott. It was probably Mark Mott. Hmm. I feel like he's the he's the only person I actively communicate with that I feel like understood my 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 point uh-huh. when, when I was talking about like when I got into yo-yoing and the styles were were, were uh, uh, regional yeah. and then there became a period where like yo-yoing almost homogenized like I like I remember seeing like early Slusney yeah. uh, and really observing their play style versus like a lot of the American like East Coast players. Uh-huh. And 
I had uh, uh, noticed that you back then was like the, uh, the European style was like slower, still technical, and Slack was a huge, huge presence in a lot of their like trick building. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember tech it in the states being built around like very specific uh, amounts. It seemed um, I I I didn't have the greatest trick understanding back then. Yeah. But but I could visually see like the uh, uh, homogenizing of did of different play styles like coming together to just be like this is what yo yoing like looks like you know it just started like to weave together as um uh, 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 one thing and I mean like even in the United States like you could almost tell uh, 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 where certain players were from at a point in time mm-hmm. when you saw like the similarities mm-hmm. in their tricks like when like G- John Rob and like Tyler mm-hmm. were all in like the same place you know, it's like yeah. you could see the similarity in like AJ Kirk and those dudes. And it was like mm-hmm. you, you, they all played slightly different, but you could see the things where it was like, oh, you can tell th- th- this person shared an idea here, and it had yeah. web effects. Where and it, it would like, ripple out. Right. Yes, for sure. So do you? What do you think caused that change from from different regions having their own styles to kind of one homogenous community? Um, it's probably a and lot. how do we go back to that? We can't go back. We can only go forward. But yeah. it's a hot take, I think. Um, we. Homogenization happened when, when like being a good contest player really became the focus. Yep. Um, so if you're trying to copy what everyone did in their best freestyle to be the best player that you can be, I believe that you lack or, uh, or, uh, originality. And at the same time, the best artists steal and or copy. Yep. But to copy the way that an artist does requires a little more fi- uh, finesse. Absolutely. Um, and so when the homogenization hit, there was a lot of 15-year-olds that were playing, like, the very same trick style, and it was almost like like copy and paste, you know? Yes. It was so weird in the contest scene for, like, two or three years. I was just like, man, this is... It was like everyone wanted to be Hiroyuki Suzuki, and then everyone wanted to be Zach Gormley, 
Yeah, it's like everybody. All CLIW just became the same player. Like everybody times. wanted to land the 360 kick flip. Like everybody yep. just wanted to do the tray flip, and it's just like you, you can't grow a thing if we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, give me like one second. I'm gonna back out of here for a moment, but I'll be right back. That's all good. Okay. I, I can vamp on this. You gave me a lot of material. Cool. Um, so while we wait for him to come back, I wanna I wanna hit on one thing, which is what Coffin said about, and there's so much good stuff going on here, uh, but what he said about how artists steal. And I mentioned this. I talked to Mark Mont. This kind of came up, and then I, I wrote it up in my uh, on the Illinks blog, which is essays.illinkstoys.com. Uh, which y'all should go check out. I, I write up little bits from these podcasts. But in that, I, I wrote that um, you should steal, that, that you need to take tricks from people if you want to improve your own style. And um, one comment that I got on the OEO Expert forums was that you shouldn't steal. And I, I think there's a wording issue there, which is I am not promoting that you go and you take other people's tricks and you present them as your own uh, and then you only do their tricks forever. What I am suggesting is that you go out and you take um, a trick that looks really good to you, something that's really difficult. Maybe you go and learn all of Hiroyuki Suzuki's entire combo, uh, his, his world's winning combo, and you learn it and you embrace it and you integrate it into your own style. Um, and if you do that, and if you do that routine over and over and over, slowly it's going to start to change because just naturally people do things slightly differently, uh, whether it's just because they get bored of doing it the same way or because your body is literally shaped differently than Hiroyuki Suzuki's. Your fingers might be longer. Um, your string might be a different uh, length, which I'm going to be talking to Coffin about uh, soon. Um, you also might not wear sunglasses, uh, which Hiroyuki Suzuki is always wearing sunglasses. So that'll definitely change how you go your tricks look. Now, uh, and also you can maybe start doing it slower. So what I'm suggesting there is that by taking his tricks that are already incredible and perfect and great and doing them and learning them, and I'm just using him as an example, this works for any, any routine and also any art in your life. Um, if you learn those and integrate them and assimilate them into how your brain works, you're gonna form neural pathways because that's all a trick is really. It's a neural pathway in your brain that you're then able to execute like that right there all that was a neural pathway in my brain. So if I go through and I do that uh, same trick again, I go over here, I go over here, I go over here, and I bind. Then the more I do that, the more I build that neural pathway. And if that wasn't just that kind of simple combo and instead was something really, really complicated, then now I'm going to have that very complicated neural pathway stuck in my head, and that will get a, to be very, very strong. And so then every time I try to land something that's similar to that, I'm gonna already have that base neural pathway. So if instead I wanna switch it up and do something like, like this, which at the core is very similar but adds one more element, then I already have the, uh, the, the base of it in. Uh, for those of you wondering, Coffin is going to be back in a second and he's back. So I'm not suggesting that you steal. I am suggesting that you learn other people's tricks, integrate them into your style, assimilate those tricks, 
and then slowly modify them over time until they become your own style. And now Coffin's back. So, oh, I just had a, a great little monologue of myself. How's great? Oh, I heard. I heard the tail end of it. Little recap. Yeah. Um. Got so real quick. You, I, I'm assuming you had to do something with uh, with Gray. Yeah, yeah. He needed me real quick. He was like, "Help!" And I was like, "All right, bro, I'll be right there." <laughs> so I assume you're gonna give him a skateboard as soon as possible. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Wow. Continue that chain. Um, so we were talking about homogenization in the community. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about uh, the contest scene. I also think the fact that contests got, I imagine contests used to be kind of local events that you would go and you would watch the, the people perform that were around in your area. And then right. one that went to that contest, that's how those like little styles based in communities started to develop. But then once the biggest contests were out and broadcast in the entire world on YouTube, everything probably started to homogenize. Mm -hmm. Which that's, I imagine is pole vaulters in the Olympics all pole vault exactly the same way. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's, it's like they're all trying for the best, the best technique. Yeah. Um, I've always felt like things like the uh, Olympics don't really allow for uh creativity like creativity yeah like like uh simone's gymnastics have been restricted if i'm not mistaken like there's certain moves that yeah she's not allowed to do because other people can't can't you do them and i think that's the stupidest shit ever it's just like if she, it, it if she's the greatest then just tell you let her be great bro <laughs> just tell you let her be great the olympics is whack um, i forget where i heard this it might have been in the show queen's gambit but it was somewhere um they're talking about chess and how it developed through time and how it originally was just a game but then during kind of like the enlightenment, it became a science that people were trying to beat the game the most efficiently. So they developed all kinds of, um, oh, it was probably a Vox video that I was watching. Uh, so they were trying to do it the most efficiently and they were trying to get uh, to, to win the fastest and the most logically. But then uh, uh, there was almost like a romantic period where instead it became more about the aesthetics of the game of how can you win but win beautifully and how can yeah. I tell a story through my chess game um, and how can I outsmart and outwit, but in like a, an interesting way. And yeah. I think that that's like a stylized way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, you worth the, the effort to stylize yeah. Yeah. A, a, a victory and like to put your own been on it and i think that's why i have like a proper um uh, a disdain for like the uh, uh olympic community i don't know 
it just seems whack. That and everyone is like famously underpaid. The Olympic committee gets a shit ton of money. The advertisers pay a lot, but then they get a lot back. Yeah. And I'm just like, all of these people putting their bodies through hell for yeah. like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just whack. <laughs> Which, to bring it back to yo-yoing, like, contests are no different. I'd say yo-yoers probably, professional level yo-yoers, definitely prepare at a level that's comparable like not the same Olympic athletes are that's all that they do but they're still yo-yoing for sometimes eight hours a day preparing for worlds and like what benefits come out of that practice a free yo-yo title like you know full trophy yeah you you know some bragging rights if you win like if you win that's if you win you you put in you put in your literal 10,000 hours and then in the week leading up to it, or weeks, you put in eight hours a day just yo-yoing, and then you leave with a fucking shutter. Like <laughs> fly yourself around the world for that. Yeah. You it's have hard. to go. It's hard. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to push that as an idea of yeah. of like, yeah, if you want to be great at like competitions. You should totally go do that. Yeah. But also, I'm like uh, an artist. I'm kind of cynical. So my view on, like, competing against anyone to prove my own greatness is just skewed. It's just like, no, I'm great. But I do not because anyone told me, simply because I know. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's fine. I'm just like, I don't need anyone to tell me that I'm great. I don't even have to believe them um, when they tell me. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I just feel like there's there's something else th- there. Um, however... A contest type I've always been a fan of is uh, the DXL battle. Absolutely, I think I think that battle style contests are arguably some of the best shit ever. Um, on the East Coast, we have in Jersey the Beast of the East contest, and it's the same thing: two players on stage, back and forth, just just freestyling it, truly. Yes. Because, like, what are you going to come up with on, on the spot to outdo the person who's throwing it right at you next to you? So, so it's like you know exactly what you're competing against and whatever shit you came up with at home to whatever song mm-hmm. that doesn't even matter in that block of time in which you're playing back and forth to what someone else is do is are you doing? Yeah. So to think on your feet. You have to be creative. You you, you can't uh, rely on a on a Eli hop to a top forty pop song and be yeah. like, yeah, contest win. I'm like, that's not going to work here. And I think that 
is beautiful. It's a, it's a difference in uh, competitions are how good are you at creating a routine and then executing that routine in, within the rules of the, of the contest. Whereas with a DXL battle, it is how good of a yo-yoer are you? Because in a DXL, how good of a performer are you? If no one's ever go oh, and performance, it's so big on performance. Um, if no one's ever gone to a DXL battle, it is it's like a rap battle. So go watch. Yes. Go watch. Yes. Uh, it is See what the rap battle is like. It's that. It's it's, it's two guys. Bar for bar, and it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's two people go up, two yoyers go up. They are head to head. They don't choose their music. And they get 30 seconds each, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds here. So they have to go off of each other. And then the audience basically decides who won. So yeah. it's yeah. it's such a cool format. And it's one more thing on that. It's so much more engaging for an audience. Um, this is a point in, in magic that I hear a lot of, there are stage magicians. My friend Elliot is a stage magician. He goes and, and he like pulls cards out of the air and then he makes balls appear and change color and disappear. And he's told me that he likes that style because it doesn't matter who's in the audience. He can just go and do his show. If there's two people in the audience, he can just pretend they're not there and then do his show. If there is a big audience, he can also go. And after that, like manipulation routine, he can do a more audience interactive thing and then play yeah. off the crowd. But with a routine in yo-yoing, you can go, and it doesn't matter if the audience is there or not, Gendry Stein is going to do his same combo, and it's going to look the same because he's done that same thing. In a DXL battle, it's not like that. The audience determines your style because they're giving you feedback directly, and you have to please them or you're going to lose. It's not a hot take. It's the truth. Anthony... Uh, Rojas would crush G Gentry Stein in a battle. A hundred percent. Look at hundred percent. As long as we established that that is the truth. Yes. And we all believe it. It's the truth. Paul Kerbal too. Paul Kerbal would be amazing at battle yo-yo. Oh my God. He'd be so good. He's uh, so creative. He's so creative. He, yeah. He doesn't even have to be good, but his creativity fucking shines through. <laughs> Two more, Charles Haycock and Ricardo Freolini would do... I could watch the battle for an hour. Easy. Yeah. I would yeah. watch those four compete <laughs> against each other. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's, like, another, like, su super creative thrower that you feel like doesn't get enough shine? Oh, there's so many. Um, Luna, I haven't mentioned yet, but we all know, uh, is, and she gets a lot of shine. She's I feel like she needs trick circle trophies, yeah. but like several. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. So that's something uh, earlier, Mark Mont in the comments mentioned that he wants to do a yo-yo carnival. Let me read his comment directly, actually. He was saying, I definitely want to do a yo-yo carnival, nothing but wacky yo-yo challenges that are fun. Um, yeah. Yes. So yes. Some, some I've been advocating for and something that I actually want to work with Michelle Dower, who is uh, Justin Dower's mom. Uh, her Instagram is Mish Yo-Yo Mama. 
or Miss Yo-Yo Ma is on uh, Instagram. And then Justin Dower is Justin Dower Yo-Yos. Um, and I've been wanting to work with them because she's been orchestrating a lot of the West Coast contests. She's going to do um, uh, uh, South, oh, I forget, mm -hmm. Pacific Southwest Regionals, I think is what it is. P.S. Too many adjectives for me. What's that? <laughs> that? That's too many letters. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, what I'm getting at is I, I want to work with her to do a yo-yo um, a festival which would be sort of like a, um, a juggling festival. Because at juggling festivals, people go, they do workshops together. So it's all about learning. It's all about the jugglers themselves. And then at the end of the festival, they do a showcase. So it's not a competition. They go and they just like hang out and watch a show where people do a juggling show and show off what they're able to do. And it's not judged. And they also do contests. And they do little events, um, but it's it's all about learning and it's all about the jugglers that go there. It's not about winning. And if you go to a contest and you put down the money to try to win and you end up with a shutter, that's worthless if you've learned nothing at that contest. If you spent the whole contest practicing your your 3.0 hook, then that's worthless. You could do that at home. Dude, I've been saying this in the comment sections for too long. Yeah. I think any hook past 2.5 in someone's freestyle kind of looks ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, f I feel like you can get to, like, 3.0, and, and, like, if it's smooth and you come up with a really elegant dismount, it's are you worth it? But the other day I saw a video of like a 6.0 hook or something like that, or like a 6.5 hook. And I was just like, that's a lot of effort. And that's a damn good trick. Like, I know that I can't do it. I, yeah. I, I'm not saying are you that the trick is not hard. And it's, it definitely has, it's a merit, but there's yeah. something about, rewarding that that feels odd to me like it there the, the when I, when I, I watch contests and I see a person throw a 4.0 hook and they miss mm -hmm. you can see the devastation and the panic on their face yep. so fast and then it hurts even more to watch them try it again and essentially gain the same amount of points th 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 that they lost. Yeah. And I'm just like, why all the effort for a trick that th th that almost throws you off of the flow that you had uh, you maintained? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's it's. It's uh, one of those tricks where I, I, I don't feel like the effort is worth the output sometimes. Yeah. And, like, it just destroys flow. I don't know. It's so fucking weird. If you were putting together a performance for non-yo-yos, a hook wouldn't even be in it. Like, maybe, That's what I'm, maybe a 2.5... 
I think that's what it is for me, is that... But it's not a good-looking trick. Yeah, like, like at at some point, it doesn't look good as a performance piece. And I think that's what I'm attached to, as, like, any form of art that I've done shy of drawing is, like, some amount of performance. Um, I've done dance. I've done a music in several different forms. In this corner that you can't see is a destroyed cello that I, I have to fix. Um, <laughs> I, I've done classical dance. Uh, I've done break dancing for like the bulk of my life. Um, yes. you know? And so it's like, I think I view everything through like a, a performance aspect and like an artist I, I um I remember seeing seeing some gentry freestyles that I thought were great like uh like 2011 Pacifica you Northwest Regionals mm-hmm. um I felt like the cadence of everything that he was doing was excellent. Um, his song choice and the tricks that he used there, like when he got first place and then I watched like the next like 10 freestyles that placed after his. And I was like, no, nah, that makes sense across the board. Like he earned that shit. Um, and then you know, smart on him to be the champion that builds like the 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 formulaic freestyle. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not my favorite thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being at uh, uh nationals and uh, Michael Curdy did uh, a routine. There's another great yo-yo. A fucking insane, yes. definitely underappreciated, and yeah, uh, he did. I, I want to say th- this was like a year or two after Good Life kicked off. I can't recall. He may have still been on Caribou Lodge at the time, but regardless of that, he did tricks that we'd never seen before on stage and he did a ton of them in a routine at a nationals and it was damn near flawless i feel like he may have had like a a loose bind or something you know like something so small that in comparison to what he'd done Mm -hmm. that technicality was uh, 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 minimal. Yeah. Um. But he done something so creative and so good. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the placement that he got, and he got like seventh place or some shit. And I, and I watched the routine that you might have got like second or third, and I was like, I'm no contest judge. Yeah. But if I was clicking this, Curdy won. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I was just like, dude, this is, this is just not doing it for me. Like, there's an amount of um, those contests where I feel like the scoring's just like slightly shaky, but I, I understand that it's because of the way that I view creativity and performance that changes how I feel about these things. So there's a few things I want to talk to here, which is one, um, there's, there's two types of juggling, right? There's performance juggling and then there's numbers juggling. There's a lot more, but let's just break it into those two. Performance is like what you see when you go and see a juggler. Like they're going to be doing something that's beautiful and looks cool and they're trying to entertain you. Then there's numbers jugglers who can just juggle 15 balls perfectly and that's what they do. Boring they as shit. What? But it's boring as shit. It's really boring. And usually those people, and, and it's incredible. And it's like, how the hell do you juggle 15 balls? Which by the way, 15 ball jugglers look just like 12 ball jugglers look just like 10 ball jugglers. It's all a bunch of balls in the air. You can't tell the difference. And that, like, go watch that. And that to a non-yo-yoer is what the difference between a 2.5 and a 5.5 hoof looks like. It's the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, it's all the same. But it's there, and it is worthwhile to have because that takes incredible skill and incredible talent. And to be able to do that is amazing. And I'm glad that they're, they're breaking down barriers there. And also, if you can do that, imagine what other yo-yo stuff you can do. Like, that's just an example of what that player can do now, which amazing coordinations. They can do everything. But exactly. Exactly. it's two different things. It's, yeah. it's, and I don't think that they should be judged the same. Uh, which brings me to one other point, which is that um, I watched I watched the new Spider-Man Marvel movie uh, yesterday, No Way Home. And it was a good movie, but all Marvel movies have this problem, which is that they're perfect movies. They get the best directors and the best actors and the best writers um, and really shitty comedy writers. There's no good jokes in that movie. There's maybe like two. But anyway, uh, they get really... Yeah, dude, they definitely drop the ball on comedy. Oh, yeah. Regularly. Absolutely. But, and the best cinematographers and editors. So all the best people, and they make a perfect movie. But all that good stuff relies... It's built on the shoulders of all the people who were, like, doing superhero movies a long time ago and doing all the animation and creating those stories and failing and making really terrible movies that no one watched and then making a good movie that people did like. Um, which in this case, let, let alone all the, the previous Spider-Man movies that this one uh, relied on for, to, to like, I won't, I won't give anything away. Go watch it and you'll see what I'm talking about. Point being that um, at a contest, Gentry Stein makes a perfect routine that is based on the work of all the people that came before him. He takes all the elements that he knows works and he combines them into something that's going to be perfect because he knows that it's going to score. He's an extremely smart player. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's an extremely smart uh, uh, player. Um, for a long time, mm -hmm. um, as I said, like that, there was certainly a time where the routines that I saw from him and like other players. Cause I don't uh, want it to sound like I hate Gentry or anything. Absolutely. I, 
I actually don't care. Well, which is even better. What um, I'm saying is we're, we're playing two different games. Yeah, He's, right. Like, so, someone in the comments wrote, uh, flex is greater than flow, which I don't disagree or agree with that. I think those are two completely different items. There's a competition yo-yo, and then there's a performative yo-yo. And those yeah. are both valid and can exist, but both like, need space to grow. Right, like, I, I don't expect Ricardo Fraulini to go out and become, like, uh, Italian uh, national champion. Yeah. But I do expect him to put out some of the finest tricks of all time. Absolutely. Because that's what he does. I'm just like, he he creates better. Um, however, there is one person I feel like who did creativity on a contest scale extremely well Ooh. and it was um y Janos oh Janos Karansk yeah dude I probably butchered I, his last name um when he did that that first place freestyle where like he essentially took the same freestyle mm -hmm. contest to contest and just continued to win yeah Still to this day, I don't believe that anyone could emulate his style. Even uh, who who I would say is like a protege of his is um, Victor Kohler. Uh -huh. um, like a person that he would jam with. I don't even think that he could emulate the style that uh, you, um, uh, 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 that Janos? Yeah, that, 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 that he's got. Yeah. He, he executes technicality in such an artful way mm -hmm. that that is genius. Absolutely. Um, and I couldn't see past it. I was like, for like two years, I would watch freestyles, and I was just like, eh. I was like, Yanos can do better than that. And so I just was not impressed by a lot after I saw him like crush for like two years straight. I was just like, this is amazing. And I don't know why. It could have been like, just the way that he built, like, towers. Like, I was just like, I didn't even think about building a tower that way. Yeah. Like, let alone think it was possible. And he was just doing things that were, like, genuine evolution, like style growth. Absolutely. He, he completely changed how people thought about a lot of tricks. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo-Yo Mystic's evolution. I thought I had a text. It's not important. That's all good. So I, I definitely agree with you there. I think that creativity can exist in competition, but you have to play it's with it. Yeah, it's just way harder. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I don't know. I think that we need, I don't know, one take artistic performance division actually seriously because that exists, but it, it, no one cares about it, which is stupid. Um, Dude, that's the only division I've ever, ever wanted to, to win. Yeah. And I don't even know why. Um, I, I think that just taking the chance to perform artistic performance and end up doing it extremely well yeah takes a great deal of skill and like that shit is way more panic it, it uh inducing than building a contest freestyle it's like you have yeah. to think about this as an entire performance art and yeah. and you have to think about how it's being scored, but also on the chance that it's uh, you, you and a team of people performing tricks together. And so it's like you have to put on an act. You have to put on a show that's so captivating that, like, the vote across the room is, is unanimous. Yeah. You know? And it's like that... That feels like a whole different ball game to me. I'm like, that's a different game. It completely is. And I, I also think that often people look at artistic performance division as let's do something weird with yo-yoing. Like, let's take yo-yoing and a juggling ring and combine them, and that will be my artistic performance. And it's like, no, this is not a bad idea, but... Execution is everything. I mean, yeah. uh, if that's the criteria, though, uh, um, uh, 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 Luna yeah. could win artistic performance every year yeah. because she's tried and created and innovated the styles that people haven't even thought of yet. Absolutely. Um, so, without a doubt, she would destroy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she but, would destroy it. Which I I'd totally be fine with. I'd be like, get the trophy, please. Oh, obviously. Obviously. But what, what I'm saying is you can't... I mean, I think that's, that's one approach, but, like, you can just go out there with your normal 1A yo-yo and do a routine, but make it artistic in another way. Like Absolutely. use of music and and you know all of all of theater that has existed for thousands of years, you have so lighting, sound design, stage design, costume, character yes. development, emotion. Like Absolutely. go and give a monologue while you yo-yo. There's anything that you can do. And that's another thing is I think artistic performance is often given a similar amount of time as a normal competition, which is insane. They, you need time to do a performance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I just wonder if like, Zach Gormley or Ricardo Fraolini or, uh, wait, no, 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 sorry. I'm, uh, or Gentry Stein rather, um, like someone who's really good in normal competition, if they made an actual artistic performance. Like how that would look? Seriously. Hmm? I'd be curious to see it. It would be great. 
I bet it would be so good. Like imagine a a, a yo-yo performance that has a director. <laughs> right, yeah. oh, dude, that'd be nuts. Yeah, and a um a, a, a choreographer like. That's all possible. Magicians take that kind of thing seriously. Yeah, it's it's important. I mean, even to build like tension and have like really good pacing. Yeah, changes up a freestyle. Yeah. Um. Uh, the yo-yo or black example, like he does normal yo-yoing. But there's definitely tension and performance involved in there. Um, I'm trying to find a string cutter. <laughs> use a knife. Use a knife. Get a butterfly knife. I just want <laughs> everyone to flip knives. Oh, knife flipping is great. Um, yeah, cool. So I think that that could uh, that's a that's a good little segment right there. Yeah, um, that was a huge one. I don't even know how long that conversation was going on, honestly. That's a good one. Um, so what what else have we got? Uh, so let's talk. Let's jump into yo-yo design because I know right. you had you had some good stuff on that that you wanted to hit on. Um, I've got a few points written down too. Um, so why don't you start us off? First of all, you've been designing yo-yos for how long? It's almost 2022, right? Yep. Since 2013. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like 2012, 2013, I've been making stuff. Okay. Yeah. So 10 years? Shit, that's crazy, dude. Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's nuts. Making what am I doing with my life? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? That is insane. Very good stuff, apparently. You have some of the most well-loved yo-yos out there. Um, I argue that the that the yo-yos are just okay, mm -hmm. but I built a better community than a lot of companies. That is a very good point that I think hits on what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, um, I think I've built a better community than a lot of companies. And yeah. even sometimes there's like tension in the community that I've created that I do not agree with. Uh-huh. But I still say that I've built a better a better community through my company than a lot of other brands. Uh-huh. That is why my all all of my pieces are are so loved. Yeah. Which a huge part of yo-yo buying is word of mouth. Like a lot of the, and so for anyone who's creating a yo-yo these days, who's listening, which seems to be everyone is creating their own yo-yo these days. If you want to create a well-loved brand, you need to create a community around that brand um, because then you have instant reviews and people who are going to do great word of mouth for you. So if you're just thinking about it from a business perspective, which you shouldn't be like, go and just build the community because you want to build a community, but that'll make a really big brand. Mm -hmm. And you'll also have now a community to work with. So, so let's talk actually for a second about 
that community building process of like, what did that look like? Oh, like, uh, br branding is, branding sometime is, uh, you, uh, more work than it's worth. Uh, building a community though, um, and that's, that's unique to the individual. Um, mm -hmm. so like touching back on like how I began in this community, uh, I would just give a yo-yo to people that I wanted to yo-yo with. Mm -hmm. um, and so even before I had a company, uh, I feel like I had always been building a community. Mm -hmm. uh, that's That's been the biggest part of everything I've done. Yeah. It, uh, and then when I had a company, I had already had like a, uh, a small presence in the community and I think just the way that I've always been like open um, with people and um, you know if anyone ever shoots me a message I'm pretty personable yeah. I do nine times out of ten. Like, I'll talk to any stranger now. Um, you know? And I think... I think that's really important. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's really about those human-to-human -human interactions. And that's... That's making... The, if someone is like, oh, I'm so sad, I don't have anyone to yo-yo with, it's almost like, to them I'd say, instead of buying the next $100 yo-yo, buy nine replay pros from Yo-Yo Factory and, and just give, give them, them to yo-yoers. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll make I'll that. send you some fucking product to give away, honestly. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, there's a way. It's like, a, yeah. there's a way to find people to yo-yo uh, uh, with if you're... Uh, you're willing to put in a little bit of social effort. Yeah. And community building. Yeah. Uh, community building is how you find people to play with. Yeah. Uh, you learn that as a child. You, you know, you have to share the the blocks at preschool for kids to be your friends. So it's the same thing. You turn into a socially awkward teenager. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta fucking reach out, dude. <laughs> Plus, similar every teenager is awkward. No, no one is special. Every teenager is fucking awkward. So, oh, yeah. it, 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 it's fine. Don't let the social pressure uh, make you think that you will be rejected by all people. I was perfectly awkward, and I think I've just stayed that way. Uh-huh. Uh, it, in accepting that I'm the person that I'm going to be, everyone else was just like, 
at least he's authentic, and that's why everyone is is like pretty cool to me now because yeah. I've always been me, you know. Um, that, that's a a life lesson, but also a great way to build a community. So that's the reason I touch on that is I brought up Yo-Yo Design. You said your designs aren't that great. It's really the community. And so part of yo-yo design is community design and community building and, and growing the community. So I'm, I'm really happy that you shared that. Um, and one little point that you, you shared was uh, a preschooler who shares their blocks is the one that gets the friends. Like, hey, do it with yo-yos too. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, so, oh, uh, not to name drop. But just as a good example, I gave Justin Dower his first metal yo-yo. It was a, a Genesis, and it was an old beat-up Genesis. But to him, it was his first ever metal yo-yo. And he was super young at the time, and now he's, now he's Justin Dower. Like, that Dude, stuff I had happened. A homie, I had a homie get me a Paul Hahn EYYC 2012 super g yep and that was like a, a life-changing moment also one of my favorite throw shapes of all time was like the super g i don't know why it was just good that and the purple the purple that was on the super g was just right it was it was so good god so Love that so, so when you say that, um, just to bring it back, when you say that the OES yo-yos aren't that great, which by the way, like, shout out to OES yo-yos, buy them. But now let's go back to what you were saying. Um, you don't think that it's that great. You think that's the community that's great. What? So what does that say about your concepts on yo-yo design? Um, that they're geared... I don't know. I, I I guess they're geared towards like the fringe esque edge of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, a, a a lot of the design that I do comes from uh, how I experience the world and how I began to understand. Uh, uh, the movements in in art um so like uh when i got into yo-yoing and i designed the echelon um a lot of designs were interesting but they all felt boring in my hand so i wanted to make something so aggressive and so extreme that it made people want to try it. Like, yeah. it, it just had to be so aggressive on purpose that everyone asked, is this a finished product? And I'm like, yes, yes. That, that, that's, that's the result that I was going for the, the entire time. Um, I wanted it to feel, like, abrasive 
in your hand, like like almost like a foreign object, so that it felt like you were interacting with like an art piece first before you view it as um uh a yo-yo. Yeah. And then uh the nightingale came. Um, I do have a one of those actually. Uh, also, I am famous for giving away all of my personal throws and then just not having anything. So in the nine times out of ten, if if you see me outside throwing something, it's not even a yo-yo that I've made because I give them all away. Um, but the nightingale is like one of our like fan favorite shapes and um the edges are like hard and kind of sharp yeah um it doesn't always feel good when it comes back to the knuckle mm. um it's small uh the spikes are inc- incredibly sharp especially on the first run so like the 2014 run very mm. aggressive very aggressive, but but it's only like I don't know, like sixty four grams or something like that. I don't know. It's 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 pretty light, mm-hmm. um, but um, I think th- this is when I, I began to realize how much I appreciated uh, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the mid weight. So. I remember choosing to do that specifically because I was seeing everything come out and all of the design descriptions and blurbs and all the, like the buzzwords essentially to get you to buy the product was like, uh, 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 your room weighted for contest play, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't care about any of that shit. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm not going to make on purpose. Yes. Um, and so a lot of people were like, yeah, I think this is too light. And my synth just, just started buzzing. That's not good. <laughs> I think they've been on too long. They're getting a little hot. Oh, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just remember when I was going into the Nightingale design, I wanted to avoid all the buzzwords. I was like, I almost don't want too many people to uh, to like it, mm-hmm. but I want it to be undeniably good. Yeah. Um, and so it was great for me. Uh, I want to say I only did like 40 of them. Um, I had some pretty good colors. I had amazing anodizing, mm-hmm. exceptional bead blast. Um, and that's what I've like really grown to be are you known for is that like the, fi- the finished product of what I do, mm-hmm. no matter how simple so- sometimes just feels good. It just feels good. And I'm like, well, if I can always just make a feel good uh, uh, your product, um, I'd be pretty happy with that. Like, if you just enjoy it genuinely and it's just something that you want to use all the time, 
then I yeah. did my job. Um, when I did the paradigm shift with uh, traveling throw, that was essentially people found out about uh, the Nightingale. And when people started getting those, they were like, yeah, these are great. And when people found out about the Echelons and they were like, oh, you, you only made 16 of those? And I was like, yeah, dude, I was poor. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm still poor now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, people were like, there's only 16 of those. And I was like, yeah, but if you ask this person, this person, or this person, they've got one that they might sell. And when people played those, they were essentially asking me to put it back out. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So, so, and so the paradigm shift was like a response to that where I, I used essentially the guts of a Nightingale, but the aggression and like the flared shape of a uh, the um, the uh, 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 the echelon. Mm-hmm. Then, let me know what did I do. Anybody in the chat know what the fourth throw I put out was? Was it a nightingale two? Uh, I think it's a nightingale two. So the nightingale two was because the prices for these were starting to go crazy. And I remember, like, the cheapest I had sold uh, 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 um, uh, uh, one of these for was probably, like, 55 bucks to mm-hmm. someone. Um, but everyone was like, w- would you do a, a updated one? So I think I made it a, a, a millimeter bigger, made it 77.5, slightly wider. Um, uh, I reduced the sharpness on everything just so you could like, like visually tell the difference. Uh I think I softened the spike and I bumped the weight up about four grams. Um, and that's another throw I regret not keeping any of so I think there's only 40 or 50 or 50 of those mm-hmm. some of the best colorways I've ever put out came out on that throw yeah um, amazing finishes definitely some insane colorways though uh, and then the fifth throw was the lust um, everybody was doing Buy metals, but everything was stainless steel. Uh, your rings on the edge, mm-hmm. shaped. You know, just that 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 average like contest vibe. And I was like, all right, like this is cool. Um, and the lust was like the inverse of what everyone. Uh, uh, at the time was creating for for, um, for bimetals. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, I did a thin brass ring uh-huh. and a pretty organic shape, which was also like brand new territory for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I designed that with my buddy John, who at the time, he had a throw out called uh, Tikao. I can't remember what his brand was called, but John Fisher, uh, definitely close friend of mine, has always been on the fringe of the community as well, Um, Mm -hmm. to which I totally understand, because if you get involved in the community drama, it's just a hellscape. Um, So... I respect his uh his uh, reason to like float on the edge. Yep. Um it can be rough. <laughs> yeah, it it can be rough. Um then one thing I'm realizing is at every point you're looking at what the community is offering or what the market is offering and you're just and then, like screw that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do this totally other thing. Yeah. Um, so then I was in Oregon in 2018 during uh, the the uh, the Great American Eclipse, mm-hmm. and that's where the eclipse came from. Um, I sat down with Sean at his desk, and I went through all the drawers in the factory and played a bunch of stuff, and I was like. Well, what if we just made the nightingale that all the people have asked me for? Mm-hmm. Essentially, like just like a really clean version of the nightingale that doesn't feel like it wants to hurt you. Um, that 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 would be like a fun throw to play every day. And yeah. So the eclipse. Um, I don't have my OG because when I got the OGs, I only kept my prototype mm-hmm. because I'm dumb. And then I gave my prototype away to someone because they oh. thought it was cool. And I was just like, you can have it. <laughs> um, but these are essentially the same throw, but they play very, very different. Uh-huh. Um, so... This is the second eclipse, uh, uh, the lunar. But um, that first one, I felt like really encompassed what the first version of the Nightingale had, but it cleaned it all up. You know, it was just a cleaner, better version of it. Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like they're entirely different when you play them like I do back to back and then the sixth throw was right after that when for whatever reason a- a- every company was doing like these giant throws uh, s- they had the big Sasquatch and uh, 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 the Mega Crash um, oh yeah all those giant throws. And so what I did instead was I made a 
undersized throw, 48 of your millimeters, called um, the Hexata. And I I did that as a response um, to what I was seeing. It was like I just didn't – I never wanted to to make something to fit a trend like – yeah, uh, Mark Mont put out the classic. I was like, I can't. Are you making organic? But also, when when he put the classic out, um, it was almost like he uh, you re. It, 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 it was almost like he brought the organic shape back to yo-yoing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you didn't have a ton of those like coming out at at the time. Um, yeah, you know, like the canvas was out, um, things like that. But like that was pretty much it. When, when the Markmont Classic came out, um, there was an impact where like there was like a quiet of your lull. And then the year after, you saw everything was smooth, round rims and everything. Yeah. And I was just like, sick. And I was like, damn, I want to have an impact like that. But at the same time, I want to keep it just fringe enough, just small batch enough, where it's just like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what I made after the Hexada. I, shit, I've probably sk- skipped over um, a couple things. Just That's because like- I Yeah, it's like, dude, I have, like, so many collabs, and... Yeah. I helped... At some point, at some point helped, you and I got together and made the Freak Mod. Which is arguably the best thing I've ever had a hand in. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't deny. The Freak, the freak Wave, which... Let's just cover the story of this thing real quick. Uh, yes. We were Please. we were in uh, some Facebook chat talking about favorite yo-yos or something, and Coffin and I both said we're talking about the Freak Wave, which is a, by a company called Recreational Revolution, started by Alex Kim. They used to sponsor Anthony Rojas. And also, uh, Coffin and I both love and were deeply inspired by Anthony Rojas. Anyway, Freak Wave, awesome yo-yo. I have three of them, and I'm never selling them, except for maybe yeah. one. It's vibey. I've got like four or five of them still. So, so good. Um, so we got together in that comment section and we went, we got to we gotta remake the, the Freak Wave, but in 7075 aluminum and with 19 millimeter pads and just like do tiny, tiny tweaks to the design. Yeah, and, you know, just clean it up a little. Yeah, exactly. Like just make it feel a little bit more modern. And it honestly feels basically the same, but a tiny bit more solid. And yeah, that's the sure. mod. Um, and then soon I'm dropping the dopamine, which is basically the same thing, but this is smooth. So instead of having that cut, it's just like a smooth yeah. grinding surface. Oh, um, dude, I'm excited to see that. I am excited for you to try that. It's such a, I've, I've got the protos and they're so good. Okay, yeah, dude, send me some photos after this. Absolutely. After this, because we can keep it hush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so so anyway, that's that's sort of the story of the freak way or freak mod. Um, and yeah, so that's a hell of a good yo-yo. But some that you were talking about, which also center weight, like yeah, or dude, mid weight, like... that that inspired the caffeine design. That's why that's why I don't have these on the ends. They're sort of in the middle. Yeah, uh, it just works better that way for whatever reason, man. Uh, it's such a good feeling when it's when it's not all on the edges, you know. But anyway, a thing you were telling me about is. Um, and this was the other day when we were just chatting, you were saying something about how um, the string length, and I kind of hit on this when you when you had to deal with gray a second ago. Yeah. Um, I was, so the context that I was saying was if I were to do Hiroyuki Suzuki's combo exactly, how I do it is gonna be different than how he does it because I am not Hiroyuki Suzuki. I have different finger length and thickness my hands are literally different. My my yo-yo my yo-yo is different than his. My string is a different length, and I'm not wearing sunglasses. Uh, and so all of these things are going to come together, and my routine is going to look different than his. So that kind of reminded me of something that you were telling me about yo-yo design, how the the string length and a person's height and a person's like arm length, all those physics things play into how the yo-yo ends up feeling. Can you talk yeah. about that for a bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, uh, I don't like the idea that people see a throw and they go and check the specs and they're like, I'm not going to like that. I think, I think that's almost a terrible approach it's almost like seeing me in like full face paint and just assuming that i'm an asshole to which you could be right depending on the day or like <laughs> if I'm caffeinated you know like that's fair that's that's totally fair but also that's not the only thing that i am um <laughs> so <laughs> uh I, I think that it's important uh to understand that whatever your your basic string length is at the moment that you hear me saying this mm -hmm. is almost fit for the few throws that you play the most but if you change to something outside of your comfort zone then your string length could be all the difference in 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 if you really like what you're playing with. Um, I've found for for instance in these two throws, uh, an eclipse and uh, a nightingale. If I play the same string length on them both, I don't think that one is as good as the other but if i switch that around so like uh the nightingale is like 64 65 ish grams or something like that but i like to play this with a stupidly long string like like almost five and a half feet of string on this thing like it comes up to my nose or something like that 
um, from the floor. Mm-hmm. So that's a ton of string for something so light. But the way the, that the weight is packed on it uh, is fine for me. But additionally, with this throw, it's huge, right? But it's 61 grams. Wow. And I've tried to play this with a longer string, and it's not great. And then I played it with a short string, and it's too big for, like, how small, like, short string kind of keeps your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you get to, like, the mid-length, which for me with my seven-foot-plus wingspan, about 55 inches or so, that feels like the medium length to me, which could be huge for someone else. But my arms are huge. They're insanely long. And so when you feel like the force of gravity as it's traveling to come to the end of the string a certain way, like that, like that changes how you feel uh, about a throw. Um, and it's, it's something so subtle that I just don't think that we pay attention to often mm-hmm. uh, how much a inch or two in changing your string length uh, per the throw that you're playing really shifts you your perspective of actually I do kind of like this throw um which you, I you bring up some there's something really specific there that you said which I think everyone can agree with and from that they can latch on to everything that you're saying which is if you're playing your favorite yo-yo and you cut that string too short, we all know immediately. We go, oh, this string is too short. That will not feel like your favorite yo-yo anymore. Exactly. Saying my string is too short means this yo-yo feels wrong right now because the yo-yo isn't just the yo-yo. It's the whole thing. It's the string and the toy. Um, So particularly when people... uh, um, I had a customer a long time ago. Uh, they uh, reached out and they were asking me about specs for something that I did a design. And I was like, I don't give people specs. You fuck with the brand or you don't. I feel like that's exactly uh, uh, um, what I said. And while that could have uh, rubbed them the wrong way, the moment I feel like that conversation began, it was on the more critical side. Um, So it was like they were testing the waters and I was like, that's fine by me. Um, But I was like, I I don't really care for specs too much. You fuck up with the brand or you don't. And he was like, yeah, but I have like really specific things that, I like, and I was just like, well, are you, uh, are you what three throws are in your, uh, um, uh, your rotation at the moment? 
uh, and, and he told me a few things. Uh, I cannot recall off the top of my head because this conversation was maybe two or three uh, years ago. Um, but whatever product it was I had out at the time, I had had some that I kept just on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how about this? How about I send you the yo-yo, and if you hate it, you can give it away. Yeah. And if you like it, you can keep it. And he was like, all right. And I was like, on one condition. Try it a few different string lengths, and then you let me know how you feel about all of them. Um, and t- until this day, when I make a product drop, that guy buys a yo-yo. Um, because I think I had to convince him, like, specs don't make the yo-yo. They are simply parameters that that product operates in. But how it feels to you, specs don't do that. It is, it is everything and, and, and something else. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, there's descriptors. There's full-size, mid-size, undersized, tiny, right. oversized, yeah. wide, slimline. All those are fine. Right. But if you're like, I'm not going to buy a that's 63 grams because I don't play 63-gram yo-yos. It's like, that doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm almost sure that doesn't really matter because yeah. if you're a great designer, like, um, um, what's that huge company in Japan that made uh, the drop near? Oh, uh, Yo-Yo Recreation. Yes, I always get stuck on like all of those sounds. That's confused yeah. <laughs> with recreational revolution, right? Um, Which is the better company? <laughs> when I was going to um, uh, uh, to rewind and checking out like them and Turning Point, yeah, um, a thing I, uh, I noticed as a a design trend was that they didn't always have to make a totally brand new throw. But if they made an ever so slight improvement on a design better fit for a particular player. Yeah. Like the drop near and the drop near attuned the only thing they changed was the gap width right yeah right like like that's so small to me that i don't even think about it but also i like really thick strings so i always go with a pretty good wide gap width so if you're getting slippy binds on oh yes yo it's not you it's me i promise um i just don't want to make throws that i hate sorry (laughs) Um, and for me, I always have a 4.20 gap width on all of my yo-yos just because I like the number. <laughs> just for the funny. joke. Yeah. Just for the joke. That's funny. But it's also a perfect gap width, so. Yeah, it is a damn good gap width. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, 
the things like that that I came to notice, or like how Turning Point has done eight versions of the Leviathan. Yeah. Or nine. Um, but the albino is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because it's Dedelrin, and I'm biased as fuck. Um, no, actually, I'll change that. My second favorite is the albino. My absolute f- favorite is the uh, Leviathan Four Beta, like that proto one. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if it's the brassy rings or like whatever, like sprinkled uh, 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 magic that they put in there, but it's it's fantastic. It's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, um, like fit like favorite throws of all time that I don't think that I can afford to own, so I don't have one. Yeah, <laughs> that's all turning points. That's true. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the Majishka, uh-huh. um, I'm sure I'm like tearing up the name of, and Jordan is freaking out in the chat probably. <laughs> Jordan is the number one turning point fan. Absolutely. Especially on a, a, this side of the planet. That's a fact. Um, yeah. I would not argue that at all. So he let me play that. Um, and I was like standing there playing it with like him, and I think Terry was was also there. And I was like, "Yo, th- this is a really good titanium freehand." <laughs> and I've I've also played a titanium freehand, and I'm like, "Yeah, Turning Point just did just did just did it better." <laughs> and I don't know what it is about their attention to detail. But it makes every version of something feel absolutely different. Um, and so that's like, that, that, that still is attached to the point that sometimes an inch of a, of a difference of like string length is the same as like, two millimeters of gap width. There's it's a, a really small change. There's a, but... there's, there's a quote here um, that I forget who it is. It, they just recently died and they were a really big in the like street fashion. Like uh, I, I think they Virgil? Kanye. What, what was it? Uh, uh, um, Vir- Virgil? Most likely, if they just yeah. died and they were really big in street fashion. One quote of his, and he, he worked with really big brands, so like brings wear into the fashion world. One yeah. of his quotes was, you don't have to design something new. You have to take something old and just change it by 5%, and that's enough. That's now something new. A 5% change to Kendama's mm-hmm. changed the entire way that Kendama was played. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the proof is in the pudding there. So sometimes you just need just, like, the slightest the slightest of your difference, and, so, and something you didn't care about can become your, your, your favorite thing ever. 
Yeah. And so that's true for tricks. That's true for uh, yo-yo design. That's true for everything. Um, yeah, dude, I, I have definitely bitten my own hand in places that I've publicly said I don't like tech. Yeah. And now I've gotten to a place where, like, I understand tech throwing and yeah. I know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's big. There what was, a- was the Kendama change? Yeah. The Kendama change was in the scale of Kendamas and, like, the mass and the size of the cups, uh, the types of paint. All of that shit changed in, like, a two-year period, and it changed Kendama permanently. Um, the skill level went through the roof. Uh, when you probably first held a Kendama uh, to do um, uh, 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 Lunar was almost impossible. And then once it became easy and the shape was tailored to, to to make that trick easier, people were doing, like, triple flips to Lunar in, in their first, like, couple months of playing. It's the same thing with uh, throws. The moment that we switched from transaxle to bearing, shit hit the fan. Like, it changed everything. It opened up creativity. Yeah. And uh, not any particular bimetal as a whole, but bimetal as a concept when used properly to make a yo-yo spin longer. It's so good. Really helps for competition. It's like, it's like when you see, not to bring the Olympics back, it's like when you see rifle shooting in the Olympics. I've never seen a rifle or their bow and arrow. I've never seen anything like that except for at the Olympics. Like they have those tools specifically designed for that one thing and it's perfect for that one thing absolutely like scopes and holds and every little bit is just custom machine so they can pull the trigger just right like hey yeah dude like you got the perfect compound bow that would be terrible in like if you're hunting if you're at war and you come out with this thing that like falls yeah. down after you let go of the string. Like, and it's still a weapon, but it would be terrible for war. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to want... Oh, that'd be a really funny sketch. Like a, like a sketch comedy bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Olympians go to war. Anyway. Uh, oh my god, like a biathlon. They're all skiing and shooting. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, dude, like something like that. Like, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so... One more thing I wanted to hit on is when we talk about yo-yo specs, what we forget about is that we as people also have specs. Um, there's a book called Free Play by, I think, Stephen Nachmanovich. Um, I highly recommend that great book on improvisation in art and life. It's kind of its, its subtitle, um, but it's a really good book on improvisation. He talks about how we as people have a, a physical form to us. And I think Coffin might be frozen, which is perfect, because I was going to vamp anyway. Um, oh, you're back. Uh, so, so we as humans have specs ourselves. The biggest one for yo-yoing is height. 
when you cut your yo-yo string, I'm just going to monologue for a second here. I swear I'll, I'll go back to a conversation in a sec. When you cut your yo-yo string, you usually go to like your belly button. I go to my um, whatever this is called. It's that, that like point right in your chest where everything comes to a little dip. Uh, solar plexus is, is the word I'm looking for, but sternum, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So that's where I go. But people always have their thing. And that is defined by your height. So a lot of times, I was at DXL recently, which is a, a club in SoCal, and people always grab my yo-yos and try my string, try my, um, my yo-yos, and they go, oh, God, it's got that long Ross string on it. And just in that sentence, I think that's so much deeper than they think it is because it's literally the Ross string. Like, it's custom-made for me. I am part of my yo-yo because my specifications as a human are now part of this yo-yo defined by my height, put into yes. the string. And so like more human think. proportions affect string. I, I'm I sorry, I go, I go one more thing. I swear, I'll stop monologuing in one sec. I just gotta get this no. out. So no, imagine, no, no, no. Imagine, if, imagine if you grab someone's yo-yo and you try their yo-yo with their string length customized to them and you go, I don't like this yo-yo. And then you never try that yo-yo again. You go around telling people that's an awful yo-yo when really you just didn't like that person's height that was put into that yo-yo because of their string length. That is absolutely correct. That was, that the, is, that's the point I was going for. That is absolutely correct. So, yeah. Um, which man, like, so many people would like so many more yo-yos if they were willing to try different things, different string lengths, throw a different bearing in it, lube the bearing, put different pads in. Uh, like, I don't know, try, also try a different style. Maybe it's just not a yo-yo designed for the style that you do. It's supposed to go faster and you're a flowier yo-yo. Absolutely. And one thing, someone asked what was the book? It's called Free Play, F-R-E-E -E space P-L-A-Y by Steven Nachmanovich. I want to say, I might have his last name totally wrong, but just free play and then improvisation, we'll find it on Amazon or eBay. It's really cheap for used copies, like $5. Really good book. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was just something that I wanted to get out about that. Um, yeah, no, dude, I think that's su super important. Yeah. Woo! I caught that today. <laughs> Hell yeah. Caught a trick? Yeah, I finally caught this trick that I'm always chasing. That that that, that are you one with like the two whips that oh, I was yeah. showing you last time? But is it over? Yeah, yeah, it's two whips, you know, like the one after the other. It's it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to happen. Um it's it's like oh you whip, pinch, and then whip again before the yo-yo stops. Yeah, that's not happening for me. It's um, ridiculous. But but one thing one thing to bring back, just going back to those design uh, that design conversation because I love this so much, um, is that I think that when people go out searching, so one thing we, if you accept everything we've talked about, most people will end up liking a lot more yo-yos than they think that they do. Also, I love the square grind that you do. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Thank would, you. Could you teach that in a second? I, I can. I absolutely can teach that trick. Excellent, because I love that. 
so anyway, for what I was saying about the design is people will tend to like more yo-yos than they think that they do. Uh, if you have a yo-yo that you don't like, try playing with the string length and see if, it, if you can find what you do love about it. And something on that is I think that people, if they stop focusing on buying new yo-yos to find one that they're going to love and start just focusing on their yo-yoing and learning their tricks and stop collecting and start collecting knowledge instead of like tricks and yo-yos, then they're going to become better yo-yoers. I, I think that that concept that you just presented certainly applies to yo-yoing, but absolutely applies to life. Yeah. Of not buying things, but knowledge. But, yeah. But Some, collecting knowledge. Something I love that you talked about and have talked about here, but you talked about it earlier when we were talking the other day, was you like to go to the actual place where people are. Uh, I know that when you were getting into um, synthesizers, you were saying you, yeah. you took a two-hour train ride to actually go to where people were to find the one yeah. shop. Can you talk about that for a sec? Um, yeah, when I got into all this craziness that's behind me, that's usually a bunch of cables mm -hmm. pouring over itself. Um, while I could have just been home on uh, YouTube, just like getting that experience ish in like uh collecting the knowledge that way mm -hmm. um i didn't really feel like uh that was a way that i was like retaining any of the information it all felt extremely passive to me you know it didn't have any value mm -hmm. uh so to speak and so i found myself like trying to find a store that had it um Guitar Center definitely was not that. Uh, so then I started finding like smaller shops and like any shop that had any sort of synth. And I would just go there and just hope that I would find people who were like down to just share their knowledge. Um, and I learned a lot extremely fast in that you made uh, that that honestly made like the very small amount of e e equipment that I had at the time sounded like a ton, you know, uh, people had no idea that the instruments that I was playing or anything could, could make all those sounds, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and it was just because I, 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 I gave myself the opportunity to learn hands on. Um, and that, 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 that certainly changed everything. Yeah, which, which I think applies back to what we're talking about is it doesn't really matter the equipment you have, it's what you're able to do with it. And the, the, the knowledge behind it that matters. Because like yeah. literally, you, get, you give Stephen Hawking a, okay, obviously you can't give him a pencil, but you get what I mean. You give Stephen right. Hawking a pencil and he's going to create some incredible work and some like beautiful math equations. Whereas you give a five-year-old a pencil and they'll, you know, draw a stick figure. So like <laughs> Stephen Hawking will discover Hawking radiation or whatever he did and, and, and just be able to solve all these equations with it because he has all the back knowledge and they're still using 
a Ticonderoga number two pencil with an eraser on the back. Like, yeah, it's all the same thing. Yeah, it's the same tool, but but the function's different now, you know? Yeah, because it's the person behind it. Yeah. So don't mind. worry about collect. Um, could you imagine if instead of doing what he did, Stephen Hawking spent his entire life collecting different kinds of pencils, trying to find the one that felt the best in his hand? Like, <laughs> like right. do you get what I'm getting at here? Yeah. So, or on the other hand, if he spent uh, his entire life finding different um, proofs of like a basic thing that was already known. Like just finding a different way to get to the same end result. Like that would also be equally insane. What yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Is don't collect the tricks, don't collect the objects, expand your knowledge and try different things as much as you can. Yeah. I'm getting that there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. And I love that you, oh God, all that about just like finding community, finding people to work with, um, talking specific, talking directly to people, um, I think is something that's definitely influenced you and something that I, everybody can, can, can uh, be inspired by at the very least. Um, let's see what else I got here. Um, yeah, I think there's one thing. Okay. One thing I want to ask is your style, like dress style, I would call like, I, I think I, I wrote down a couple. There's, it's like a macabre 90s skater techno punk is what <laughs> I would define it as. Yeah. And I am so, uh-huh. I would argue that's the most accurate description of what I could uh, look like at any point in time. Yeah, that, that's so accurate. I'm so glad <laughs> that my, my word selection was, was uh, thank you. Um, so what I want to know is, because at first, the first time I ever saw you, you had um, your, that piercing, um, the, the like very long one that goes all oh, through. Porcupine quill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a porcupine quill? Yeah, yeah, dude, that's oh, straight off a porcupine. So you, you had that on, you had like chains falling off of you, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I started watching you yo-yo, and I was like, oh, he's a good yo-yoer is who he is. Um, <laughs> but like, so what inspired your, just that style? Where did that, where did that originate? How'd that develop? Um, man, that's so crazy. Uh, these, these are questions I don't th to think about, uh -huh. even, even though, like I do now, I, uh, I, I, uh, I do some like, work in, like, fashion, uh, yeah. um, I think my fashion has always been a bit of a, an experiment um, where I simply want to reflect the art that I like and the art that I make. Uh -huh. but I want you to, to, to see me and be like, that guy makes art. Yeah. Um, like, that, that, or, or like, that guy does something. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know what, but I almost want to ask. Um, because I feel like there's no other way for people to really get to know me. Um, because I'm certainly not the type to reach out. I am not outgoing. I don't want to create the idea mm-hmm. that I am. But what I, I will do is either put myself in a position to learn some shit that I want to do, or like if I want to show my work to a certain group of people or a certain person, I will orchestrate how they see me. That's just enough of a reason to be like, mm, I'm going to go speak to that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with fashion overall, I feel like I experiment with style. I experiment with gender all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like the weirder, the better sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I just like to try stuff out. Which I think definitely plays into your yo-yo style as well. For sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Need some um, water. First, boys. Giving a tour of uh, Calvin's house. Oh uh, yeah, this is my kitchen. Um, coffee station one, coffee station two. Very important. Yeah, it's. It's pretty much all about coffee and breakfast. As long as I have those, I'll be the I'll be a better person. Um, yeah. And pizza, uh, yeah, coffee, breakfast, pizza, lots of cereal because I'm a toddler. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's a hot take. What's your favorite cereal? What's my favorite cereal? Yeah. Um, this is a Kill Your Go-Go exclusive right here. Damn, dude. Uh, man. You know, of all the interviews I've had for the last couple of years, that's never been one. So my favorite cereal move of all time is actually uh, iced coffee from 7-Eleven. And then I go and get, like, the, you know, like the snack size bowl of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. And I pour the iced coffee straight into the cinnamon toast crunch. That's what I do. You monster. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's my favorite cereal. It's fucking delicious. That sounds delicious. It is. <laughs> I promise. I also you know that you have a... Before uh, I forget what the snack is, but there is something that Jordan sends you. I always forget what it's called. What are they? What are they? Coffee crisp. Coffee crisp. Yeah, bro. They're so good. But you get the Halloween edition? Yeah, it's the coffin crisp one. And yeah. if ever like, you want me to do, like, art for you or, like, anything like that, if you pay me in a case of coffin crisp, I won't even ask, like, a single question. I'll just let you do the art. So there's the, uh, if anyone's ever wondering how much does it cost to get art done by a coffin, you now know. A case of coffin. That shit, yeah. It's absolutely. Absolutely. Art to come by. Um, okay, so cool. So now that you're back, um, let's talk. 
I'm gonna make sure I've hit everything. Yeah. All right. So was Gi Chung in here? Is he still in here? I haven't. No, he's out. Oh damn. He he definitely popped in though. He's a, a low key a, a, one of my favorite throwers as well. That's also a super stylish dude. Holy shit. What, what was his <laughs> username? Gi Chung. I think he was in here, but I don't recall. Okay. Another person for people to look up. Yeah, he's in. No, that's definitely Gee there. Yeah, dude. He's a man. Nice. And he always then he puts on a good contest. Uh, Virginia States. Well, Virginia States? Mm-hmm. There we go. Catch him there. Um, so I want to – so we're, we're coming on the two hours and seven-minute mark. Oh, my God, uh, we can bro. Begin to wrap up here. And so I like to do one one little trick tutorial, which for Just people one. for people who are listening on the podcast, which is available on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts, it's called Kill Your Yo Yo. Um, my phone was on one percent this whole time. What was that? I just put my phone on the charger. It was on a one percent. So if he pops out, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to monologuing, but. Uh, all right, so if it's charging, we're, we're good. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was close. So for anybody who's listening to the podcast, first of all, leave reviews and stuff. Second of all, go check out my Instagram, which is Illink's Toys, and, um, and watch the, the, the next trick tutorial. We're going to learn something from Coffin. Um, and, yeah, we're going to start that right now. Let me record this timestamp so I know where to edit the podcast because I don't want you guys just listening to us explaining it because it will be boring. We got, we got some, some final wrap-up questions just to conclude what has been so much fun uh, of an interview. Um, the first one is any plugs that you have. If there's anything coming out, I know you got that, uh, that yo you said was wide coming out soon. These dropped yesterday on Thesis. Um, it will not be the last time I collab with Thesis, but this is some art that I did a while back, and I loved it. Black, purple, is Delrin, it's mine. You should get one. There's that. Any other other things, websites people need to check out? Follow the mm -hmm. Oh Yes Yo. Yeah, I suppose you could follow the Oh Yes Yo. Mm -hmm. Um. What else? I don't really have a personal website. I don't promote my art at all. Hmm. People to find it all organically, I suppose. Yeah. So. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like it all works out. Yep. Um, beyond that, I don't think I have any like promo. Um, P51s are going to be coming super, super soon. They are like in the mail to me. Um. And I'm doing a really special batch of them. And the people who are supposed to receive those are going to be very excited. Um, Keep an eye out for those. Yeah, I'm doing a lot a, 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 a lot of what you're learning right now. Mm -hmm. And a ton of art. Um, the next 
big project I do that's not just like a drop of throws. Um, I feel like will really will really elevate the community's idea of um, art and design. I don't want I, I don't want to spill the beans on you yet, but um, it's going to be different. Um, and I hope that you guys uh, you love it, but uh, I can't quite explain my process yet until I have something to show. Uh, we got you. Yeah. Um, so keep eyes out for those. And just for everything, everything coffin, coffin related, it's all, it's all beautiful. Um, and yeah, artistic. Uh, one thing is, so people have been here now for two hours and 28 minutes. Yeah, thanks uh, to the people who came to hang out. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, yeah, I greatly appreciate it. I know Jordan's been here. Let's see who's in right now. Shout-outs to Jordan. I bet Jordan's the only one that's been here for the entire time, actually. I thought Mark Mott might have still been here. But anyway, shout-out to Jordan and anyone that I missed. If I missed someone else that was here the whole time, um, shout-out to you as well. Uh, but I – so people have been listening on the podcast for all this time. And they've heard all this stuff. What is one takeaway point that you want them to remember? I'll give one and, and you give one. Of just one thing that we talked about that you think they should hold on to. Um, man. I feel like I drop these gems all the time. But yeah. I am an advocate for authenticity and yeah. being one's self. Uh, regardless of uh, uh, what that is for for anyone, but there's a power in authenticity. Uh, take that however you want. <laughs> yep. No. I, I think in your case, when people think of coffin, I don't think of your like you have amazing yo-yo tricks, but I don't think of your yo-yo tricks. I think of coffin like you as the person. As the as the style, right. just as the whole, like you could yeah. be doing anything, and that would remain. It almost doesn't matter what your medium is. It's you as an artist. Precisely, precisely. I'm authentic. Think that's fair. Um, uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I'd say is. Oh, this is just a short one. I don't even know if this is my favorite, but it's a point that I really want to drive home is uh, go buy some replay pros and give them to people. Ha I, I'm After this, I'm going to place an order on Yo-Yo Expert. I was going to buy the new uh, Duncan anyway, so I'm also going to buy maybe three replay pros and just to have those to give to people. Um, or, or, or hit up Severance and tell them that you want to do some community outreach, he will sell you uh, your recess fur spaces at a really good rate. Even better. You just changed really my good mind rate. on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, reach out to Tyler Severance, and, man, he will hook you up because he wants to spread. He wants to spread this. Yeah. Hey, Chris, what up, Chris? 
companies are going to have a, a, whole, a, a retail price, which for, re, for just for example, Replay Pro is going to be like $12. They also have the wholesale price, which is what the retailer buys at, which is usually 50%. So that's $5. But then they also have the cost. And you could probably get them to sell it to you at cost, which is before any profits are made. So you could probably get some yo-yos for like two bucks, 50 cents um, to start giving them away. But yeah, at dude. least at wholesale. And at worst, spend 12 bucks and get uh, a, re uh, a yo-yo uh, to give away. Um, it, it only takes uh, you one or two, man. It only takes yeah. you one or two. <laughs> Hit up Tyler. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I'd say focus on building a community, all that. I, I loved all of that. Um, so then there's three more questions. Two of them are basically the same thing. What's one thing that you love about the yo-yo community today? That I love about it today? Yes. Oh. I like the Not For Kids brand. Not For Kids? Because that's the homies. <laughs> um, so I'm biased, but uh, I love that concept. Um, I like that things can be like separated that you like that like that there's like the freedom to build a brand in that early manner uh yeah. I, I i i think that's beautiful um additionally things i like about the community um really all the people out there who uh, you look out for each other i uh i can't say the uh, amount of times that I've just seen like great friendships build in the comment sections. Yeah. Um, it, that, you and I started talking and hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Um, and just like being there for each other when like shit is just really crazy in your in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say is like some of my favorite things about the community currently. Yeah. So while while we're in in positive land, and you just kind of made me remember that of the comment section, your comments. I was in sophomore year at college filming in my room. <laughs> what's up? Oh no! Gray? What's up, Gray? Yeah, he just came yelling. Oh, okay, cool. I uh, hope he's doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just the camera. <laughs> when I when I was filming those tricks, posting them in my room on Instagram, I was trying to post every day, and it was like yeah. getting me down because like I wasn't getting the reactions that I wanted. It was actually your comments that kept me going on that, because um, you were just like giving me so much positivity, and like sharing it to my sto to your story, and that. Just it's Tricks were amazing, dude. And I was just like, how is no one seeing this shit? I'm just like, this is unreal. That honestly, like, helped me grow my followers so much of, like, I don't know. I just appreciate that. And and since then, like, any time I see something that, that I like, I always try to make the effort to make comments, do story shares, like, do that stuff. Because it, it makes people's day. Um and I loved that, and I appreciate that so much that that you appreciated my work and that you were helping me to grow that. Yeah, man, I thought you had just like some of the best style out there, uh, and I was just like, 
people got to see this. I'm still riding that high to this day. <laughs> As you should. As uh, you should. So then we've been in happy land. What's something that you dislike about the yo-yo community? One thing that you wish you could change? Um, unfortunately, you cannot change the mind of children and, and old men quickly. <laughs> But stop harassing the women in the yo-yo community. For some reason, they all come to me and, and they hate you guys. So stop this. Yeah. <laughs> stop this. Stop, stop harassing the women in the yo-yo community. It, 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 it's a bad look. And if you ever want your life to go on a nice, smooth path, you'll probably just stop her. her harassing other women overall <laughs> but um yeah <laughs> that would be that would be an ideal world it'd be uh, beautiful <laughs> it, it, oh question well, well why don't i post more um i think it's because I've, i i i value all the time that i get to myself and like privacy and the amount of time that I get to really give to my creativity is due to my absence of being on the internet. Well, hopefully we can get some more posts. Um, and just on your on that point of harassing women, it's like there is a time and a place to go looking for a date and a yo-yo contest is not it. It was ne it was never that place. Yeah, you are there. If you're there at a yo-yo contest, do go and do tricks with people. Show each other yo-yo ideas. Like, don't 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 go around trying to get dates. Like that is not that that it's not a way to make women feel welcome at yo-yo communities. Um, Chances are that girls got way better tricks than you, bro. So just relax. Yeah. <laughs> And way better options of people than you at home. So, yeah, bro. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. there's that. Um, and yeah, the last thing I would want to add is the endless chain. This is if you have any recommendations of people that you think need to be on the show and uh, haven't been on this show. And the last qualification is you have to be able to put me in contact with them. Um. What what would it be a person that you would want they would recommend for this show? Who me personally? Yeah, you personally. Um, I could do a Doc Pop episode. Uh, I could do a, a Anthony uh, Rojas episode. That would make me very happy. Um. Uh, just just to let you know, this is a little exclusive. Anthony, oh. Speaking of Anthony Rojas, he just joined. Dude, I literally just said his name, and there he is. <laughs> Anthony Coffin literally just recommended you to be on the episode right before. Or oh, on my Anthony. God. Dude. And I was about to say, Anthony, I talked to him, and he is going to be on this um, sometime probably next month. So, Oh, I'm definitely tuning in for that whole episode. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm very pumped. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely popped up to Ugi Rojas at a contest. 
and been an entire fanboy. Yep. Man, if I made you feel awkward, I'm sorry, but I feel it, like you know, it's said you're well deserved, man. <laughs> I feel like every time I see Anthony, um, he used to hang out at the the kite shop that I would go to, and like just every time I'm around him, it's like I'm in the presence of a god. Um, and he's so soft spoken too. Oh my god, Anthony, I love you. Anyway, um, yeah, like a ton of my style in throwing is certainly accred like accredited to shit I've seen him do. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people feel. Silly. Um, oh, Mike Money is another person that someone's shouting out. I would. De I definitely want to get Mike on the show, and I'm sure he he will. He's just very busy. Um, and last time he had some stuff going on. So, um, but yeah, I think that about concludes it. We now have the most listeners on of any time in the entire episode. Oh yes, yeah, nine people. <laughs> But for everybody listening, go follow, uh, go, go follow Coffin the um, and check out this show. It's called Kill Your Yo-Yo on Spotify. And Destroy your yo-yos. Make sure you ding that shit. It's not that valuable. The best yo-yos should have total damage on them. But check out the show. It's called Kill Your Yo-Yo on Spotify uh, and Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. And also look up uh, essays.illinkstoys.com. You'll see a blog where I do write-ups after these episodes with takeaway points. Um, so follow all those things. Watch this page for future releases. And we did a show every other Sunday at 10 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, and we just have some of the greatest yo-yoers uh, of our time on. Right now we have Coffin Nakmar of OBSU. And this just about concludes that this episode, unless you got one more thing to say. Um... Play yo-yo, eat pizza, drink coffee in whatever order you need to. <laughs> and thus concludes another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And thank you so much, Coffin. Uh, and say hi to the team for me. Yo, Send them absolutely. I oh, love you, Chris. <laughs> all right. I'll see you all around. Thank you for joining, and I'll see you two Sundays from now. And also next Sunday is a community jam where anyone can join in and just hang out. It's also at 10 o'clock Pacific time on Sundays. Peace!